Good morning, everyone. So good to see all of you here today as we continue our series, Why Work Matters. And maybe this is a topic that you haven't often heard in church, but I believe this is really something we should talk about. Because most of your waking hours are spent where? If you're an adult, at work. And if you say, but I don't have a full-time job, I'm a mom, it's like, that's still work, right? Raising your children. If you're retired, you probably still do some work at home. So I believe that work actually matters because if most of our waking hours are spent doing work every day, we should really see what God says about it. And I truly believe that God cares about our work as well, that work matters to God. This series, I believe, is applicable to everyone. If you're a Christian, I hope that this will give you a new revelation of what it means to work as a Christian because I believe that work is different if you follow Jesus, then when you're not following Jesus. If you are still in school or you're in university, I hope that this will help you to really figure out where you're going with your life and that maybe some of the things that you were chasing will change to really go at it the way God would want you to approach work. And if you're not a Christian, maybe this will answer some of the questions that you've had about life and why some things work and some things don't work. And I don't mean work, I mean things alive. You'll see what we're talking about. But I believe this matters to every single person in the room or to you watching online. And this series is based on, um, on a, a lot of Time that I, we, we got to spend some time in New York City a couple of years ago with Tim Keller and um, then worked with the Work and Faith um, Foundation that they started back there. So a lot of this is really based on, the, on what they've done. They are really the masters at, at it. And in this series, I'm basically going through the big moments in his book, Every Good Endeavor. But if you want to know more about work and faith, if you want to dig into it a little deeper, I believe this book by Tim Keller, um, Every Good Endeavor, should be at our library either today or maybe next week. Um, we have ordered it, so you can take it out there or um, get your own version. But let's do a quick recap. We said last week that work was God's design. I think we can sometimes believe as Christians that work is the cause of sin because of the fall of humanity, but work actually existed before the fall. We read about a God that was working, a God that was creating before all of this existed, and he made us in his image to work. Work was never a curse. Work was part of the blessedness of the garden of paradise. And not only is work supposed to be a blessing, but work has purpose. And the purpose of work, we learned last week, is to reflect something of the image of God and then to be providers, to take care of His creation. So if we are actually good at our work, if we work competently, not only do we reflect the image of God, but it is one of the simplest ways that we can love our neighbors all around us. But this week I was talking to someone and... Um, they, they said the message, were, message was good and it really impacted me, but I honestly still struggle to see how my work is good. And I struggle to see how it even benefits someone. And I think to most of you, some of you might really, really love your work, but I think to most of us, like, yeah, I don't always see the goodness in my work, right? I don't always see um, how it reflects blessing. I don't experience this perfect design for God, of God for work. And that is why today, in the second part of this series, our, our topic is the problem with 
work. The problem with work, because not only God, work was created perfectly, but something went wrong. There's a mark on work that, that will rest on work for, etern- for the duration of, of the earth before the new heaven and new earth comes. But here is what I want to talk about today. If work is a blessing, why doesn't, always, why doesn't it always feel that way? Why doesn't work always feel creative? Why doesn't it always feel life-giving? Okay, if you're in school, that's a form of work as well. That doesn't always feel like a blessing, right? Why doesn't work always feel like I'm actually making a difference? We often have these goals in life, and we feel like no matter how hard I work, I just cannot achieve them. I work super hard, and I feel like I should see X result, but I'm only seeing Y result. Sometimes it feels like work is sucking the life out of us. Stress, burnout, anxiety, all of those things are on the rise, right? It feels like work cannot be a blessing if that's how I'm left feeling. And sometimes I just plainly struggle to see how it, my work impacts someone else positively. What we're going to do today is we're going to go back to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible that not only explains how everything was created, but also a little bit of why it was created and what went wrong. Because last week we saw in Genesis that God created work, that he had a design plan for it. So I then believe we can also see in Genesis what went wrong. And before we read, today we'll be in Genesis 3, and you can keep your Bibles open there because we're going to keep referring back to the verses. It will also be on the screen. But before we read, let me give you a bit of background. God creates everything, and he says it was good. He created it perfectly. And he creates Adam and Eve, man and woman, and he places them in this garden. And he says, you can eat anything except for fruit from this one tree. We don't know what fruit it was. It wasn't probably an apple, but it could have been. I don't know if it was necessarily a magical fruit. It was something that God said, do not touch. And man decided after the serpent tempted them to go against the will of God, to rebel against God's commandment to them to not touch that one fruit. You can have anything but not that one. Sounds like your toddler, right, if you've got little children. And they went after that one, and they broke God's, that one rule that he gave them, and that had eternal consequences. So we'll be reading today from Genesis 3, verse 17 to 19 in the New International Version. After they ate from that fruit that God said, you're not allowed to eat it, what's the consequences? In verse 17, God is now speaking to Adam, and he says, To Adam, God said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. This moment in time, the nature of work changed forever. God created it to be a blessing. God created it to be good. God created it to not take a lot of effort. But in this moment, everything changed. Why? Because of sin. 
The Greek word for sin is amartia, and it literally means to miss the marks. If you're aiming at a target with a, with a spear, you miss it. So sin means that whatever God has planned for our lives, we did something to miss that target he had for our lives. Sin is rebellion against God. God says, go this way, and we say, no, thank you, I'll go this way. And the problem with sin the problem with, you can call it mistakes, you can call it bad, you can call it evil, or you can just say it's sin. But whatever you want to call it, the problem when we rebel against God is that it has ripple effects that spreads out further and further. It affects me physically, it affects me emotionally, it affects me spiritually, it affects my relationship, my family, my friends, my co-workers. It has a ripple effect where sin affects everything negatively around us. It leads to the disintegration of every area of our lives, including work. So because of their sin, because they rebelled against God, work started. The beautiful design that God had started to disintegrate. And if you read Genesis 3, in each verse, it says something else. What's the consequences of the rebellion against God? How did work change? It says, one, verse 17, it will now take painful toil. Two, there will be thorns and thistles. Three, it will take sweat. Now, I think when you read this, it's easy to go and wonder, and I, and I want to look at two really big questions today, and it's easy to wonder, because we made a mistake, because human beings rebelled against God, and we continue to do it every single day, does this mean that God now hates us and that he wants the worst for us? Painful toil, thorns and thistles, sweat. And the simple answer is no, I do not believe because we make mistakes, God wants the worst for us. One, I can see it in Jesus coming to earth to save us from our sin. But even if you look at this story in Genesis, God made life to be perfect, including work. Why? Just because he loved us. He created us because he loved us. And he made everything to be perfect, beautiful, and enjoyable. And the thing is, that is still here. It's still present. Something of God's design for work is still here. But because of sin, we started to live against the grain of God's designed for work. So he doesn't hate us now and made everything horrible for us. But here is, and I want to use a little illustration to show you what happens. Now, I just started this week um, to refinish two old bedside tables that came with me from South Africa. Um, that was my great-grandparents' bedside tables. And um, the interesting thing about wood, I've got a piece of just pine lumber here and a piece of sandpaper. But you don't need to be an excellent craftsman to know that the number one rule for wood is you don't sand against the grain. When you sand against the grain, what happens? The fiber starts to stick up. And especially if you work with something like oak that have deep grooves, you will sometimes even have some chips falling out. If you want to really have finished your piece of furniture, your wood, whatever you're working with, if you want to finish it well, how do you sand? You sand with the grain. And then you get a perfectly smooth finish. But when we work against the grain, there's going to be, the, the wood is still here and it's still good. 
but it's not going to be perfect, right? Something, there's going to be some splinters that might get in your fingers. Your finish is not going to be as good. And God didn't ruin the world or he didn't ruin work for us. In fact, God made it beautiful, but we go and we work against the grain. So what does it mean? Now there's splinters. It's not as smooth as it's supposed to be. So God doesn't hate us. God doesn't want to ruin your life. He doesn't want to make work hard for you. He didn't say, I curse everything. He said, because of you, it's cursed. Because of our choice to rebel against God, to stand against the grain, there's now splinters. And what are these splinters? What is the result of our less than perfect world? We saw already that it said painful toil, thorns and thistles, and sweat. But what does each of these mean? What does this mean for our work? If you go one verse back, where he starts to talk about painful toil, in verse 16, he even talks about women in labor. This is not labor, work labor, right? This is a different kind of labor, like giving birth. He says that will be painful, but then he tells man that your work will now be painful toil. What does it mean? There will be an eternal pain. There will be something on the inside of you that makes work hard, that makes it less than ideal. Instead of work being enjoyable, instead of work just bringing forth fruit, it will cause pain, it will cause conflict, it will cause envy, it will cause fatigue, it will cause anxiety, it will cause stress, it will cause burnout. That's stuff that wasn't supposed to be there. But now, against the grain, there's something that's internally painful that goes with work. Frustration will not always be part of work. We will always envision more than we can accomplish. Maybe you're not like that. I'm always dreaming like six steps ahead, right? I'm like, I want to accomplish that, but I keep ending up here. And the interesting thing is the joy is still there. The beauty of the grain is still here. But it's not only beauty, it's not only joy. We added something to it. We added pain to it. But then the second thing that is mentioned is thorns and thistles. Now, the Bible often uses gardening. You might be like, this was about gardening, right? Adam had to, gar- to farm, and this is what the Bible is talking about. Yes and no. They probably had to work the ground for their food. But the Bible often uses farming because it was just common back in those days. As an illustration that points to all kinds, it's representative of all human labor. And what does thorns and thistles mean? It means there's outside opposition. So as we seek to grow food, outside opposition, thorns and thistles interfere. What does that mean for your work? Whatever you do, whether you're a swim coach, a teacher, an accountant, an architect, a counselor, it means that instead of all of creation working with you, so resources, people, money, whatever it might be, instead of it going with you, with the grain, think of our word illustration, instead of everything working with you, it is now coming from the outside working against you. So suddenly we have all of this outside opposition that we weren't supposed to have. And I think that's why often you would feel like things keep sidetracking you. Like even just if you struggle to focus, right? Like, why do I always struggle with this? Why does it feel like things from the side keeps, keeps just like derailing me? 
So it's this internal pain, it's this external um, opposition that we experience. And then the last one says, it will now take sweat. Why sweat? It means instead of work being easy, work is now, it will be hard. You see, they didn't have to put in a lot of hard work. God said, name the animals, pick the fruit. It will be simple. Now it took work to get that fruit. So to get the same fruitfulness, you have to put in significantly more and harder work. The food is not just there. And I think that is also why in the broken world, we often experience that our work is less fruitful than we hoped it would be. You see, sin changed everything. I don't know if, you, if you've ever done woodwork and you sand against the grain or those old orbital sanders that, that just vibrated. If you went against the grain, it would make these ugly marks like burns on your wood. And that is what happened with sin. Sin forever marked our wood, marked our work with some form of frustration and some form of a lack of fulfillment. The beauty is still there. But the joy and the beauty is not the only thing that's present. So, let's get to the second big question then. If God doesn't want the worst for us, but this is the result of our rebellion against God, is that our work will forever be marked with frustration, doesn't mean that there's no hope for my work. Doesn't mean that I just have to work for 40 or 50 years and suffer through it and hate every moment of it. And again, I believe the answer is no. Why do I say that? There is a promise in Genesis 3 that goes with the ugly mark that we left on work. And go back to those verses. Go and see in verse 17, 18, and 19 what you see. It says there will be painful toil, but you will eat from the ground. Verse 18, there will be thorns and thistles, but you'll eat from the field. There will be sweet, but you'll eat. So God doesn't say it's only going to be bad. You're only going to have sweat and painful toil and struggle and there's going to be nothing for it. God says there will still be reward in your work. Because of sin, our work will be hard. It will be frustrating and it might not be as fruitful as we want. But because of God's intention for work, we will have glimpses of the beauty of his design as we work it will still bear some fruit. We will still bear fruit. We will still eat from our work. We might face a bit of pain. We might face some outside opposition. We might face some sweat. But we'll also reap a reward. So work forever will be both frustrating and fulfilling. Because the promise of God, the design of God is still there. But the splinters are also present. And here is where I believe one of the biggest changes, and we spoke about a big change last week already, why Christians work and view work differently than people who don't follow Jesus. We said last week, because we see it not only as a way to 
reflect God, but also as a way to love our neighbors. But here's the second way that we view work differently than people without Jesus. We don't see it. We don't see the suffering, the toil, the hardship of work as the end of all of it. The beginning and the end. Christians have hope in God's story of redemption. Also for his design of work. We have hope in his story of redemption for our sinful state, right? That rebellion against God that Jesus saves us from. it. that's why he came. That's why his cross is there. You see, but he didn't just, when he redeems us, he doesn't just redeem us from one area of sin in our life. He redeems us from everything. He wants to change everything. And nothing we know. If you're a Christian, we know that nothing is going to be perfect until the return of Jesus, the new heaven, the new earth. So, okay, no matter how long you're on earth, it doesn't mean you're going to see everything perfect here. But we don't live with this sadness that everything is just ruined forever. There is hope that we have in Jesus. We have comfort. We've got consolation that enables us to work with all our being, to give our best, to be excellent in what we do, to work passionately. And to never be ultimately discouraged by this reality of work that we're currently facing. We don't have to give up because we know that this reality, this present reality, is not the ultimate reality. This present reality that I'm facing isn't the only reality I'm facing. We accept the fact that in this world, Work will always fall short. It will always be frustrating. It will always be hard. It will never be all that God designed it to be because we sand against the grain. But we also have the hope that God's beauty of this is still in here. And then we have a hope that extends this life, that when Jesus comes, everything will be made perfect. And all of these marks and all of these burns and these splinters that was left on our work will be removed forever. Just as I fall short of the glory of God, as Romans 3 says, just as I make mistakes in my own life, so work will always fall short of his glory. It will never be perfect here. But Jesus has the final word. And he can change it all. So I don't know what kind of work you do. And I don't know if you are excited every morning when you get up. Maybe just some mornings. Or whether you dread to go to work every day. But there's two realities. A tension. And I think this is something that Christians sometimes struggle with. Is to live in the tension. There's a tension that we need to live in, that on the one hand side, it's going to be hard. But on the other hand side, we're going to see the beauty of God. And next week, we're going to continue. And next week, we're going to see, okay, if God designed it perfectly and there was a problem, how can we view work differently? So if you're still sitting here and you feel like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to face the future, there is still hope for you. But let's pray. Jesus. You know how hard, how frustrating, how unfulfilling, how sidetracked our work can sometimes be. 
And I think sometimes we just wish that we could do anything else. That we could lie on a beach somewhere. But because of your design, God, I know that without work, something essential will be missing from our life. But also now because of my sin, I will always struggle with my work. And I thank you, Jesus, that you redeem everything in your creation. And I pray for each person here struggling with their work today that's listening to this with the hope that maybe they can view their work differently tomorrow. And I pray that they will see the beauty of your design, that they will taste the fruit of their labor at work, even when it's hard. I pray that we will not give up, that we will not give less than what you expect us to give, just because things are sometimes hard. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to do something. Um, I want to do something a little different today. Last week we sent out the beavers, and they were probably in Africa now, close to where they are. Um, they are missionaries supported by, by our church. And someone asked me, and he said, "Like, does that mean we make more of those kind of ministries than other ministries?" And I was like, well, maybe yes, I don't know. Part of it is the history of the church. Part of it is because we financially also support these people to go and spread the gospel. But if we take serious what God said, then each of your jobs are just as important in his kingdom than mine or than a missionary's job. So what I want to do today is I want to ask all of you to stand And we're going to send all of you out of here today. And after that, we're going to sing, so don't walk out when I say amen, please. (laughs) Just as we sent them off last week, I want to send you off today. I want to pray God's blessing over your work. And I want to ask you to just receive this with that same humility and the same spirit that, that a missionary receives it with. It's facing incredible challenges to share the gospel You are in a similar situation, so receive it with that same heart. Let's just pray. I want to pray this over you. God, I pray for each person here. I want to send them out today into a mission field, into a harvest field, into a field of work, an area of work, where it's sometimes hard, where it sometimes feels foreign to someone who's a Christian, and it feels like the culture and value is so different. But I want to send each person out of here today, God, with a new hope. I pray that you would bless them with hope to see the value of their contribution to your creation. I pray that they would see the value of their witness in the way they work, pointing to a God that's beautiful and creative and at work. And I pray that they would bear much fruit, both in their work life, and just providing for the families and helping with the creation process. But also, God, that they would bear fruit on the spiritual side as they share Jesus. I pray it in your name alone. Amen.